Welcome back. It's a Northern Virginia Academy podcast special. I'm Matt Fisk with Katie Fisk, Roxanne Little, and Brett Kreider talking once again about Marty Solomon's four pillars. Last time we talked about the difference between the Eastern versus Western perspective, how it interacts with truth and the scriptures, and the the general difference between the way that we as 21st century Western Americans do it versus the first century. He moves from that discussion, from that we're going to try to embrace a bit more of the Eastern perspective because we don't do that as much. He moves on to the first pillar, which is discipleship. So Brett, why don't you kick that, kick that off for us? What, what, what stood out to you as he was talking about discipleship? Well, discipleship is a word that's used a lot in the church, but I think understanding that there was a history and an Eastern view of discipleship. So they had rabbis in the first century, and following a rabbi meant something in the first century that we're not as familiar with. And because of the exile, which is how Marty introduced this. What is the exile? So when the Jews had forgotten God, God punished them or allowed the consequences to come down on them. They lost their kingdom. They lost their identity. They were dispersed among the nations, and especially with the Babylonians invading their country, they lost their temple, their Judaism, and they had to find uh, a new identity. But during that time, they asked each other, what did we do wrong? And they went back and thought, we forgot the text. We got away from the Bible. And so there was this renewed zeal to become people who are faithful to the word of God, that we're, this time, we're going to obey the instructions. We're going to listen to what God said. And they look back at the, the message of the prophets, and now they could, with hindsight, see, wow, we did not take this seriously enough. So the culture changed, and they started to raise their kids, memorizing huge portions of the scripture. Things that we're not used to because we have a copy of the Bible, so we're, we're a little bit lazy. We, you know, when's the last time you memorized a verse? How dare you, sir? <laughs> you are lazy. <laughs> I'm lazy. That might lazy. be true, but you know. <laughs> I, am la- I can't remember the last time I just, I, I'm going to memorize a verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote it down as something to do after Marty challenged us on it. But the, my point is that every time they heard one scripture, to them there was a context in their mind of where did this come from, where is he going with the story, so they understood Scripture in a much different way than we do. So coming from that, uh, the rabbis would select people who were experts in the Bible, and they actually had to take a test in order to do that. When they took this test, they only a certain, very small percentage passed and went on to become a student of a rabbi. So when a rabbi was walking by and said, come follow me, they felt so honored that a rabbi would call them that they would leave their family and the rabbi would become their family, more important than their family. See, that that was so mind-blowing to me. And I'd even heard part of it before, but to be reminded that, okay, 99.9% of people like failed out. They were not good enough to be a student of a rabbi. And then you like had to make the first cut, which is only 1%. And then if you, if you went on and and in order to make it to that next level, you had to have a rabbi be able to start a passage in, in the old Testament. And then you hear it and be able to pick up where you left off and keep going. I'm like, I, 
definitely can't do that. I can barely do that with, you know, Beatles songs and, or church songs for that matter, by the way. And, and then to say like, okay, that's to move on to the next round. And then to be a, a, a disciple of a, of a rabbi, you have to be even the 1% of the 1%. Like, oh my gosh, that's nuts. So the, the standard was incredibly high is, is what I'm hearing. And their love for the text, which we'll get into a little bit more later. And so discipleship to them, they had certain words for uh, discipleship. I'm not real good with the Hebrew. So maybe Matt, you can tell us the two different words. I wrote it down. And just to put every everybody out there, so I can read a bit of Hebrew I, I took Greek classes, but I'm going to butcher this. So for, okay. So apparently in Hebrew, there were two different types of student followers. The, 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 the one that means just student is Lamoid, Lamoid. And that, that's just sitting in a classroom. That is somebody who listens and learns and takes a test. It's probably what most your student, but then the second one, which is disciple a true follower. I'm spending all my time with you learning to do what you do is a Talmud. And that would be, uh, plural would be Talmudim. That's what I got from that. And then in Greek, the word would be mathetes. But the problem there is that we only have that word. We don't have two levels. We just have mathetes for disciple and student and follower. And it's gets a little dicey there. Yeah. So now we're reading the New Testament, which is written in Greek, and we don't know when he says the word disciple, whether he means the student who's, you know, engaged, but not necessarily following in the way that a Talmudim would. Mm. Um, and so to, to me, it's mind-blowing to think of the commitment that Jesus was calling his disciples to. And then how do we replicate that today? Mm. There's a big question I know, Roxanne, we were talking beforehand. Roxanne, what do you think about all that? This was the um, the part where my mind was blown, mm. and my pr- my mind did break, um, and my uh, my pride was exposed mm. because I like to think that I'm you know inclusive and chill and relaxed, but you know this is when I was like, well, we got this right, we got this right. We call ourselves disciples all the time. We got this right. We mm. tell people the right thing, but when he said that, uh, the difference with a Talmud versus the other one that's a student. I'm not even going to try that word. Um, student. Lemonade. Yeah. Lemonade. The le- no, no, lemu- that is disrespectful to the Hebrew people <laughs> and the Hebrew cult. All right, never mind. That's more disrespectful. <laughs> we are not speaking in tongues. <laughs> no, we are I just not. want to apologize to anybody that speaks Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're bad at that. So, and to um, Jesus. When, when I saw that, because we've talked about, I remember sitting in a Bible study with someone and saying, what's the difference between a, a Christian and disciple? And they would say, well, a Christian just believes in it, but a disciple like really follows God. And I would say, actually, they're, they're both the same. And then here's Marley saying, okay, well, in Hebrew, there were two different words. Mm. But we only have this one word in Greek, and we don't know which one he's actually saying. Mm. I was like, what, what, have I, what have I done? What have I taught people? What, have, what am I living? Am I living as a disciple? Would I even be able to answer that call? And he brought up how with a rabbi, it was serious. You, you followed, you followed him. And he talked about how his rabbi went under a fence and expected every single one of his disciples to just crawl under the fence for no good reason because the fence was fallen like 50 feet away. And it was about following and obedience. And I'm like, I, I, what? It, literally, that's how I felt. The, yeah. the whole time for that section was I've been so proud 
so full of myself and sure of myself in my own standing with God rather than humble and seeing my need uh, for Jesus to really fill in all the the gaps and the blanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely went through that experience too. You know, whenever I hear the word discipleship or somebody talking about discipleship, I'm like, well, at least we got that right in our church. You know, we talk about it, we do it, you know, we make sure we're doing it every week. And then Marty was like, yeah, um, this is not your nine o'clock Starbucks meeting. If you go home (laughs) after your discipling time, you're not a disciple. Exactly. That, that one blew my mind. I was like, uh, he said Jesus wasn't doing small groups, and and yeah. and I was like, wait, wait, no, he totally was. And, and like, no, he had small groups, but they didn't go home at the end of the day. They joined yeah. his family. His mm-hmm. I learned the word havara, a group, havara. A, a group of of Talmud, uh, Talmudim. And like, if you go home at the end of the day, like you said, you are not a Talmud. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no. Should I move in with Brian or something? Or no, Katie's probably yep. Not a fan of that. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, that was definitely mind blowing. And to think about Jesus's disciples and what they did as his disciples, they went with him everywhere he went. They slept where he slept. I mean, they you hear them in the gospels asking like, "Where are we going to eat dinner? You know, where are we going to sleep tonight?" And he's like, "I don't know. We're going to figure it out. We're going to just find a place." And mm. they all stayed in like the same room. I mean, 13 people just for, for years and just went everywhere together. And um, I love how Marty defined the goal of a disciple is to become just like their rabbi, to know what the rabbi knows in order to do what the rabbi does for the reasons the rabbi does them in order to be just like the rabbi in his walk with God. Or better. Or better. And that was the part that was so cool to think about that the, the rabbis at that time really did want their disciples to become better than them. And I was like, wow, that kind of faith, that kind of humility. I, I don't think we feel that nowadays. I know I don't, I don't feel that. I want to strive for that. But how Jesus even said it himself, like you will become greater than me. You will do even greater things than me. And if you have this paradigm in your mind of the rabbi to Talmudim relationship, then it explains a lot of the stories in the mm-hmm. Gospels. Yeah. He was talking about how when Jesus walked on the water, of course Peter would want to walk on the water because if your rabbi walks on the water, then you're supposed to walk on the water. So they weren't sure if it was him. So Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out. And the Lord said it. And so therefore, if your rabbi says to go do something, you go do it. So there's... I want to go back and look at a lot of the stories in the gospel and try to figure out what impact did this paradigm have on them and and what kind of techniques was he using to help people, in a sense, unlearn some of their religiosity and to learn what it meant to walk in a relationship with Jesus that was more, I guess, what what God had... um, because we know that Jesus fulfilled what a human p- being was supposed to be like. He was the new human. Yeah. And if we can imitate that, then we're doing what we need to do. Yeah. I think the the most convicting part to me was how uh, Marty explained that the Jewish people, they would look towards the, the rabbi's disciples yeah. to learn about the rabbi. And that also brought a lot of, you know, the text 
to make sense because you see the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the religious leaders often questioning Jesus's disciples instead of Jesus himself or John's disciples instead of John himself. And how he explained that the Jews today, they look at the disciples of Jesus to learn about Jesus. And they're looking at the last 2000 years of discipleship to see, you know, who is this Jesus? What is he about? And when I think about the last 2000 years of discipleship, Mm. I'm ashamed. I'm like, wow. And, or even the discipleship we see today, I'm still like, wow, that, that just convicts me. Yeah. You said uh, just a minute ago, like, oh, it's so cool. Jesus wants us to do more and better than he did. And I, I'm like, yes, absolutely. That's really cool. But it's really more terrifying to yes. me <laughs> because that, me- that means the standard is they're go- if they're, if I'm supposed to be better, am I expecting that? Am I expecting to be better? And the truth is I don't. Mm-hmm. The truth is I expect to fall woefully short of, of all that. And that Jesus is, you know, way up there and I can never reach that. And yet back to what you were talking about, Brett, and I loved how Marty described, um, described this with Peter walking on the water. Of course, Peter wanted to go and walk. If that was his rabbi, I want to be just like him. And what Marty brings up, and I've always looked at that passage as Peter lost faith in Jesus. He Mm -hmm. saw the wind, he saw the waves and he lost faith in Jesus. And that's why he sank. And Marty kind of turned that around that it wasn't, Jesus is still walking. Why would he have, why would he have lost faith in Jesus? Why would he have lost faith in his rabbi? What he lost faith in was himself. He lost faith that he couldn't do it himself. That brought up a quote that I spent so much time worrying about my faith in God when nobody told me that God had so much faith in me. And not to be humanistic about that, but more so we are more capable than we realize and have higher expectations and could and should expect higher and greater things as a follower, as a Talmud, a mathet, whatever you want to call it, a mathetes of, of Jesus, I can and should do better. But the big question to wrestle with, and, and again, we are, this isn't like the last word on discipleship. We haven't like figured it all out. We're, we're bringing these things to wrestle with ourselves, processing it together and bringing you in on the conversation so that you can wrestle with it too. But the big question I came away wrestling with was what is the role of mentorship and imitation in my life? And Roxanne, you were talking about, you know, the idea of, of hey, <laughs> imitating to be just, just like them. And I remember a story about uh, this old, decrepit, 80-year-old rabbi, rabbi who was like walking. He had a hunch and he like hunched over and he had a handful of disciples walking with him and they were all young. They were all, you know, under 18 but they were walking right behind him, hobbled over, shuffling just like he did because they wanted to walk just like their rabbi. And yes, that's that's probably yeah. extreme, but that is the role of imitation that they were expected. And I was just challenged by, man, I kind of want to do things my way. Mm-hmm. I want to put... I want to have it be a mate taste, you know, like I want to, like, I want it to be my version of Christianity, my version of discipleship, right? Like, am I, am I imitating? And doesn't this bring up the whole Eastern versus Western thinking? Yeah. Because they believed in this form of teaching and Westernism has this value of individualism, which is very different than the Eastern view of community. And we, preserve our individualism at all costs. And so we're afraid of imitation. 
we're afraid of losing our identity. We, we would call it a cult. We would get uh, freaked out if a person was to take it as seriously as Jesus and the disciples. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so true. Yeah. And, and, and there'd be, like, how arrogant are you mm-hmm. to tell me, well, you're not perfect. You're not Jesus. So why, would I should, why should I imitate you? It's interesting for me. I think of that scripture where Paul says, follow me as I follow, the, as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember a sister saying that to me. And I'm like, I could never say that to someone. I know all my faults. I know all my flaws. I know all my imperfections. I don't want, I don't want someone to look to me to know which way to go with God and to have that standard for myself of, no, I should be following Jesus right in step with him so that there is no difference. And it's just, it's overwhelming for me. It's shocking for me. It's what does this look like for me in the 21st century in my life where I am? Cause I'm not moving to Israel. I'm not doing, you know, I can't even find the footsteps of Jesus to go walk them all. So what, what does this look like for me as a mentor, as a mentee? How do I, who do I choose to follow in their footsteps? Cause I do trust Jesus. He, he came at that time for a reason. There yeah. must be some good there. But I think something that's different, I think even the rabbis took it so seriously. It wasn't a, I want followers of me. Mm. It was, this is how we follow God. So I think there was a more humility in them that they were more trustworthy. It just, it's an assumption that I have, but I have that, that they were worth following. And it's that, am I worth, am I an example of Jesus? Well, I was going to say, I just wanted to remind you of uh, where the disciples were at <laughs> when Jesus uh, was getting ready to go to the cross, um, point. which I'm super grateful. Marty brought this up because I never thought about it. But the night before, you know, the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, his disciples were fighting over who was greater. So Marty was saying, like, if I was Jesus in this moment and I'm watching and I'm about to go to the cross and I see my disciples all fighting over who's greater with no humility and thinking like all big headed, arrogant. Um, I would just think, wow, I failed. This did not work. But what Jesus chooses to do in that is he goes away and he prays and he prays for his disciples Mm -hmm. and he prays for unity and he doesn't pray for conformity, but he prays for unity. And I love that. And then to see, where his disciples ended up after, you know, after his death and resurrection, everything. Um, And it makes me think about how much his disciples learned through their failures and through their mistakes and how they learned from each other, from themselves and how, you know, even as we're asking people to follow us as we follow Christ, the people who are following us, they can learn from our mistakes and our failures too, as we're learning. And it kind of puts a bow on, you know, we talked about last time, is everything that we've ever taught and believed about being a disciple wrong? No. There is a depth that we don't even understand. If I think, if I think through, say, Luke 9, where it says, you know, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. And I, you know, I've, I've known for a while that the most radical part of that is follow me. But now I'm thinking, if the idea is to be a, a Talmud, and to walk where my rabbi walked, to do what he did. That second one about going to the cross wasn't a metaphor mm. at all. Yeah, it was. It it was. You, this will lead to your death, and and a terrible death. But then you also think about all the things that Jesus did in his ministry. It means you're going to have to interact with the scum of society, the lowest of the low, the lep, 
you know, lepers and, and the, and the politicians and well, and there you go, the (laughs) politicians and the Syrophoenicians and, you know, the Roman centurions and you, and it's everybody, you will suffer and you will be made fun of and ostracized. And they're going to try to throw you off a cliff. And if I'm reading that, I'm like, yeah, but that's all a metaphor, right? That's all figurative speech. Not if you're a Talmud. If I'm a Talmud, if I'm a real disciple, I'm not just expecting that, but I want it. Because there's nothing more than I want to be like my my rabbi. And I think that's the question to wrestle with. Is that the level that we want to follow in the footsteps of our rabbi? As we read our Bibles, are we all about following our rabbi or finding something that makes me 10% happier during the day? Mm. And I think that's a question that I think we all need to wrestle with. Yeah. So I think that's enough for now. That's the first pillar, discipleship. Thank you so much. This is Matt Fisk, Katie Fisk, Roxanne Little, Brett Kreider, going through the four pillars with Marty Solomon. We will check you next time for the next pillar, community. <laughs>